On this episode, I get the pleasure of speaking with Chris Crocker. Chris has done it all, from his humble beginnings of being the office runner at a commercial real estate company, to being chief operating officer at Pacific Sotheby's International Realty. Now being the VP of Homelight, a third-party real estate marketplace for borrowers with Silicon Valley tech influences, it's safe to say that Chris has his finger on the pulse of the real estate industry. Chris and I discuss if real estate agents will go extinct, what mortgage companies are doing to speed up the closing process, current economic real estate outlook trends, iBuyers and the certain sale, and of course, how to get jumbo referrals from top luxury realtors. And before we get started, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Let us know what you want to hear. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. I'm John Maddox. I'm here with Chris Crocker. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. So you are your technology guy. You're a real estate guy. Um, you've been in the business over 20 years. Um, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of the luxury side of, of, of real estate. You've seen a lot of the tech, tech side, like I mentioned. Tell me a little bit more about, or tell us a little bit more about your background and kind of who you are and how you got your name. Yeah, so I, I started like at the bottom. I mean, okay. I actually started as a runner in a commercial real estate firm. Okay. And this is before we had databases and before there was a co-star and all that stuff. And we used to drive around with a notepad and like take notes with a voice recorder. And then we'd have to go like look up what's on the northwest corner of this intersection and find it in the microfiche. And <laughs> you, like, so you yeah, didn't have I an used microfiche. Yeah. Yeah. This is way back <laughs> in the old like days. like the Thompson maps, like the Thompson he used brothers? He the Thompson guide. And then I'd uh-huh. have to go down to the photo mat and get like double prints made of the actual old photos I made of the buildings. And <laughs> we actually built a database of the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, like oh, on wow. the wall, wow! like all photos and crazy notes. And yeah, there was before we had MLS systems, man. So you've been in it a uh, long time. That's, that's, that's yeah. cool. So what kind of, what kind of major, like, how did you go from that to like what you're doing now? You're on the management team, right? Of home light. I am. Yeah. So, so I, I've actually played around uh, the whole space. Probably one of the few people that's had almost all job titles you could possibly do in the industry. So okay. I was an agent. I ended up being a, a branch manager of a real estate sales branch. Okay. Um, I ran training programs for Cole Banker for a while. I ran marketing for a couple different cities. And right. um, I spent some time inside of Zillow. So when Zillow was a really small company and it mm-hmm. wasn't really well known yet, right. it's part of the management team. It's and hard we, to think that that was, that yeah. was a thing, right? It was uh, 2005. So and Wow, yeah. You no, know, originally it was the, the, this gossip site where you could look up your neighbor or your dentist's like house value, right? <laughs> it wasn't until many years later that listings <laughs> My house came. is better than yours. And then yeah, you like zoom totally. in from the, the satellite view. Yeah. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's... It's, it's essentially tapping into like this voyeuristic nature we have of like wanting to know the gossip in your neighborhood, right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's become a lot more than that, but right. that that's how it started. So we, I was part of the Zillow team when we took it from a small outfit to a big one. Okay. So uh, there was a lot of like uh, uncertainty and what's the future going to hold and mm-hmm. like where does Zillow play? Are they friend or foe? That was actually part of my daily life. I, I actually lived that every single day. Right. Because right. uh, we made partnership deals with brokers and agents. And so you were there just at the ground, right? Like ground floor pushing Zillow's growth. You were part of that growth. If we rewind the clock, you might yeah. recall like like if you looked at Zillow in any given city, like it was missing like half or three quarters of the listings in many cases. Like the yeah. listings were added over time. And I remember people just Zillow sucks or Zillow doesn't know, you know, what they're talking about. The value sucks. It's not even close, you know, to yeah. what my value is. And I remember we would, you know, people would always say that like, oh, don't trust Zillow because it's they, they're guessing what the value is. But I think it's gotten a lot better since. Oh, substantially. Since, right. Because yeah. it's really using a lot more or, you know, it's using the technology side a lot more to, to really drill down on what matters in appraisal and value. And right. I mean, is it t- market timing? Like what? It, I mean, we can get more deeper into that, but I want you to finish kind of telling, telling us how you got to home light, like what, what, you know, cause that's really on the front of technology home light. Like it's, it's very tech forward. It's really a tech company, but their focus is real estate, right? Is that, yeah. tell us a little bit about the home light real quick. Yeah. So the, the primary business plan is like find consumers that are looking to make a selection, right? So how do you pick a real estate agent is a very subjective thing. Okay. Um, so you and I might go and ask a couple of our friends. We're of course in the business, but right. the average person doesn't have friends like you and I and that, you know, right. know who the agents and who's good in our neighborhoods. Or they don't want to use them like aunt, aunt Jackie. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't want to use aunt Jackie. Shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? My mother's got this friend and I'm, you know, I don't right. want my mother's recommendation. Like that's for real. 
Yeah. And then what we keep forgetting all the time because we're so close to it is that, you know, about a third of the houses are not owner occupied in America. Right. right? So they're just sitting there. Some of them are vacant, right? A lot of or, or the rentals or like, you know, someone passes away in the family and one kid's in Detroit and one kid's in Florida. Like they don't know who's, you know, good in that particular neighborhood. So uh, Homelight built this algorithm that essentially mines all of the data and the transaction history and says, like, who do we think is good based upon their past history? Hmm. So and they you kind rec- of pair you. It's like a match.com yeah. almost like. Yeah, match.com for like who is good for your product class in your area okay. based upon, you know, the previous histories. You okay. know? So the person you might think is the best agent, you know, has lots of signs in the neighborhood. But does that mean they're really good? Right. You know? Speaking of that, like you, you're starting to see a lot of signs for Compass. Right. Like yeah. You used to have a friend that worked at, you know, at Keller Williams when it worked at, you know, Berkshire. But now it's like all your agents are all at Compass. So what, what's going on with that? It's like they're just gobbling up all the different. Yeah. So there's or? there's always been movement in the real estate game. Right. Right. So as the, an operator running a brokerage, which I've done a couple of times in a couple of different brands, like there's always a newer, fancier, shinier, like cooler Shiny thing, object. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, when, and if you recall, when Keller Williams came on the scene, like their real advantage was energy originally. Mm-hmm. They had a focused plan. They had really good training. They had really good energy. And like all we talked about was, you know, all the agents are leaving going to Keller Williams. Right. So there's a newer thing, the new shiny penny. Mm-hmm. The difference is that this particular one has a very large sum of money and is actually right. building substantial tools. Are they a tech company too? Or are they just mainly they, real estate? I guess that's a real good question. I'm oh. not sure that they would, if you actually put Robert Refkin in the room with us right now, what he would say his company is. But right. I believe they're in a tech company that just huh. happens to be playing in the real estate space. Interesting. They might say differently, but... Um, so a lot of people are going over there. It's kind of the new shiny toy. Um, do you think that will sort of mellow out? Because it's been really hot, like for the last year, I would say. I've heard, you know, I don't know, every, almost every agent I know just has gone over there, right? So do you think it's going to gonna wear off, like that shiny toy thing with them? Or is that still got momentum? Like I for- think it still has momentum. Um, okay. So we can make an analogy on the commercial side, which was like, if you rewind the clock 10 years, there was mm-hmm. lots and lots of commercial firms. And then one day there was like C.B. Richard Ellis. Right. And they're like the preeminent commercial real estate firm and all the corporate clients use them. Interesting. And they have this footprint where every single place you go, whether you're in New York or London or Hong Kong, you're going to get a, a similar experience, mm-hmm. similar caliber of personnel gotcha. with similar tools. I could draw that analogy. Mm-hmm. I could see Compass having like the top 10 percentile agents in the top 50 MSAs in America. And therefore, if you're a high net worth client and you're moving from Miami to Seattle, you know exactly what you're going to get. Like there's a real mm-hmm. big opportunity there. So do you think there's a, there's a deeper behind the curtains kind of end game that they're trying to play that, you know, is going to, is like <laughs> yeah. one day we'll wake up and it's like all of a sudden something's going to be changed. Like some secret's going to pop out like with Compass or is it like just what it is? Well, there are a couple things in there. One is that they're, they have a lot of people, right? right? Their staff count is very high. Right. They've recruited a lot of really talented people that are not from real estate who are looking at the, you know, from the outside in and going, Hey, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, why do you do it this way? We can, we can do it a better way. Right. And so like your signs look awesome, right? They're, they're cool yeah, signs. signs cool. Yeah. yeah. But keep going. So I, I actually do believe you take a bunch of smart people like that who look as outsiders in the business. Mm-hmm. And then say, how, how can we make the tools better for the people that you'll actually get something on our side that will be meaningful? Okay. Like, that's, I think that will be for real. Okay. Do you think they're going to, um, I mean, I know everything's trying to go automation, right? Everything's trying to be less touches, less friction, less, less, you know, just, just quicker, faster, easier process. Do you think that Compass will eventually kind of like just comp- just start knocking off agents and just start automating things? Like, I mean, do you think that's in their end game or do you think it's, that's no, way, way far down the road? I actually hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever anybody comes in from outside of real estate into real estate, typically technologists or venture capital fir- firms or like investors, they, right. they go, hey, we're going to build the end all be all beginning to end system. And like the perfect stack is what the technology would call it. Like mm-hmm. I've heard that for decades. Right. Like, KW was going to build it. Realogy was going to build it. You know, Zillow was going to build it. Everybody wants to build end all be all stack. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, there's no reality in that. Like, yeah. is it still a very human business? Yeah, that's true. That happens in people's living rooms at mm-hmm. what I call the kitchen table. Like, are these real, like is automation happening at the kitchen table? Probably not. No. Right. People want to look someone in yeah. the eye and be like, why is my house not closed? Or do you think I should do this as a big decision? Do you think like, do you think that, uh, you know, they want someone to kind of 
coach them a little bit, yeah. right? You got, you kind of have a, a you, you kind of have to have that, especially in a big invest, it's your biggest investment, right? It's like a house is your biggest investment you'll ever make. That's what they say. So we've had all this new information, right? So we've right. now got all these tools, all these cool sites we can go to. Everything's transparent. Like Redfin, Has that Zillow. given us clarity or has that actually opened up more questions? Hmm. Like, so it's my opinion. It's actually opened up more questions and there's more of a need for a real pro right. to really like digest all the data. <laughs> So what is like? How does Homelight solve any of these problems? Um, what do they like? What does Homelight do? So the, the beauty of Homelight is it's just a neutral third party. Right? Okay. So it's really the you match. Can, you, you cannot buy them. ad space. Right? Okay. You can't game the system. You can't buy a preferred status. You can't buy like I want to be in the upper right hand corner. Like right. You just, just actually truly have to be that agent that's there. Right. And it takes time. And all the agents call and say, Hey, how do I get on? And like, how right. can I get more deals from Homelight? Well, you can get more deals from Homelight by being a good agent. Hmm. Right. The system <laughs> just <laughs> recommends like. <laughs> Just, what a novel concept. What a right? novel yeah. idea. That's do a really good job for consumers. Like yeah. actually the real ones are really, really obvious. It's like don't overprice listings and take mm-hmm. them like, cause almost, well, this isn't a fair comment, but in many cities, mm-hmm. you all know there's that agent who basically takes whatever the, the consumer says and puts that price tag on it and says, I'll wear them down. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a good consumer experience, right? Right. Like you should actually push back, have a real dialogue and like put a realistic price tag on a house. Cause if you overprice a house and it sits out there for six, nine months, like that person had a really bad experience. Right. Like, no one wants to sit there languishing with their house in the market for nine months. At least no one that I know. No, not at right? all. And definitely not like the other person you live with. Cause then they have to all go through the like, you know, <laughs> Hey, I want the house ready. And you know, somebody's going to come over in an hour and it's all a mess. Like we hate that. Like we yeah. don't want people going through our living rooms and our, no. our bedrooms. So right. Yeah. Le- less people, the better. Yeah. So yeah. like we can make showings go away altogether. Like people would love that, but you know, yeah, I mean with a, like, so they have those 3d cameras now they come in and they take pictures. So it's like, you kind of almost feel like you're, I mean, you don't feel like if you put a VR headset on, yeah, maybe you'd feel more like you're walking through the house. But I mean, the technology is getting there. I mean, remember the days when, I mean, even Zillow had just the crappiest photos like on you have six home, six pictures of your house and it's like just terrible angles and, you know, you picture of the toilet or, you know, it's just <laughs> terrible yeah, stuff. But now, you know, there's really great photography done on, on a lot of homes. Does, does Redfin sponsor that? Like, or like, cause Redfin is a, is a good place besides Zillow. I mean, they both, but I think Redfin would be more of the one that's driving some of these nicer pictures or, or is it something else that's driving? It's actually the, um, the individual listing agent and, okay. and actually one of the root causes is not a fun topic to talk about. It's like the, the mess that is the MLS system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the actual database where all the data comes from, like, right. you know, it wasn't too long ago, the MLS, like to save money on storage would like water down the photos and make them bad quality, which is total insanity, <laughs> but that's what they did. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, we would take these beautiful high res photos, put them in a database that water them down to junk, and then mm-hmm. we put them on our website. Interesting. Um, so that's gotten a lot better. We've upgraded. Okay. Uh, the photography's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet speeds have gotten faster. So yeah, there's really no excuse for bad photography now, but it's surprising how often it happens. So as a tech person, our view viewers are mortgage brokers. So as a tech person that's thinking of technology and real estate, what, what do you see coming? Is there anything we should be worried about as mortgage brokers, you know, real estate agent is agents are, are out there. A lot of our viewers, that's our main like referral source, right? right? The referrals are coming in from these agents. We're doing the same thing. We're referring back to an agent. Is there anything that we should worry about or watch out for with, you know, with this? I wouldn't say worry about, but I, I definitely think like we've heard for years, like, Oh, the, as a matter of fact, there's a famous NAR thing about this lion coming over the hill to like, you know, eat the industry. And like <laughs> once upon a time I was going to be Microsoft and then it was going to be Google. And so Amazon, yeah, or Zillow. So Amazon's coming. So yeah. like that's always existed in the background. Mm-hmm. Only this time for me, it actually feels really different. Like there actually is substantive change happening in real time right now. Talk to us about that. So in the old days, you'd say like, let's say there was only a hundred transactions actions in America, you know, mm-hmm. 10 of them would go to some FISBO, right. who, you know, there's always some person who thinks they have a better way than they want to do it themselves. Right. You know, that would leave, you know, and then maybe five would be in some kind of weird new thing, mm-hmm. but 85 people would fall into what we would call full service mainstream America. Right. So now we've got like more expanded discount offerings. So you've got Homey, Purple Bricks, Homebay, uh, Really, all these like, you know, fixed fee operators mm-hmm. operating a similar service for right. more cost conscious people. And it's a- So I know about Redfin, they're 1%, right? Right. 1%. 
And then, then, so there's others that have one, like a, instead of 1%, is it just like a flat fee, right? It's like two grand, yeah. three grand, so like two whatever. to 3,000, yeah. like maybe 3,200 on average, if you okay. like average them all out. And are they any good? I mean, are they, yeah, they're good. They, are. Okay. they actually do a good job. Okay. Uh, but not for everyone, right? We're right. all, we don't all want the same things, but sure. You know, I think it's one mistake we make is like everybody wants the same product. Where is it good for the listing agent side or more for the buyer side or both? Um, there are people that just want to find the cheapest path, right? Like in America, right? You know, they go to Costco, they go, they go out of their way, right? Like this is the person to wait drives, in line in the gas station yeah. line for like half hour, yeah, totally. to get you know to save a nickel, nickel right? saving on my per gallon, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But I drove like fifty miles to get there and consume more gas <laughs> in the savings, right? Yeah, that's always it's the mentality, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like I, I saved money, I did yeah. it, yeah. I, I did it, I, I did it. My control, the man didn't take it from me, right? Right, yeah. right. So that, so this model works well for both sides or for just real for listing agents yeah, or? But, but it's not just people that are cost conscious like mm-hmm. there are, you know there are a lot of boomers who've sold five six seven houses that have mm-hmm. been through it and said hey last time through I don't feel like I got good value for this mm-hmm. like I know what happens I know my house needs to be in the MLS and I know right. it needs to be on Zillow and it needs to be on Redfin well they see the, the closing statement and they're like geez that agent made 50 grand you know yeah especially uh, when uh, the house uh, that sells in like a week right yeah yeah they get pissed. Right. I so, underpriced my house. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of ads now. I think I see them on Instagram, Facebook. I see them on, I, I don't really watch like commercial on TV anymore. Who does? Right. But if you, you, you do see some ads, like I think I saw one with Tony Hawk and he was talking about like agents, you know, agents are going away. Like, do you think that's true? Like are agents going to go away? Like, no, no, no. Right. I think what'll happen is, you know, we've got uh, two or so million licensed agents and Tony Hawk, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, about a million, two plus or minus in our members like okay. we don't need that many right but like it's my personal opinion that every neighborhood has somebody who's really good at their job yeah who knows the inventory well provides serious value has mm-hmm. tools and systems like I expect those people to grow and, and get bigger mm-hmm. what I expect to go away would be the onesie twosie I sell one to four houses a year and soccer mom maybe yeah a year. Just bump into like oh, a couple a of family gig. members or yeah mm-hmm. like there's no real value add if you do a handful of transactions a year you don't really have any knowledge sure like yeah. do 50 sales a year like you actually know the process well Right, right. Two sales a year, like you're really learning. Yeah, I guess as you some, go. sometimes like that that soccer mom I say, but it could be anybody, right? It could be a just a guy yeah, with let's a be side fair, soccer job. Dad, soccer uh, dad. Yeah. yeah, just anyone that you know, your uncle Rick that has you know his license, but he's yep. an engineer or something. Use my license, I'll you know I'll give you a kickback or whatever they might say. That might like my my I'll do it for one percent. Well, now there's Redfin and there's other places for flat fees, so you don't really need Uncle Rick to give you a one percent or right. you know a deal. And right? frankly, you're better off without Uncle you're Rick. You're better like, off not yeah. going to Uncle Rick. But um, so I remember this as a branch manager. Right? Okay. So when I ran, I ran a was coal that banker a branch. Or? It was in the coal banker branch. Okay. It was an NRT branch. And, and I had, you know, 120-ish or so agents I was responsible for. Right. And they would come in and say, hey, I got a new listing. Could you like give me that checklist again of like what I'm supposed to do? Like, <laughs> and I would just go, oh, my God, you have no idea what you're doing. Like, OK, here, I'll take care of this for you. Right. And then we would essentially reteach that agent how to sell a house like <laughs> every single time. Like Jeez. the public doesn't see that. But as a branch manager, real estate branch, like anybody, if anybody watching this is, you know, yeah. part of brokerage, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, right. like that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's not really a good consumer experience, especially for the dollars, especially when the pro is charging the same as the rookie. So what kind of technology has come into this space, right? You have obviously the, the, um, all the data is right. the technology, but what other technology, like tell us a little bit about some of the new technology things that are coming into the space, like as far as, you know, maybe showings or, you know, even the signs are now like talking to you. And I mean, what else is was kind of new that, that we might well, not have heard of? Most obvious one is that like, what's the value the agent provides, right? Right. So on the buy side, it's simply right now, I just need to get into the house. Like mm-hmm. I can find houses by myself. We've right. we've actually perfected the art. We love and people like to look yeah. at houses that they're not even buying. Like my just, wife is all over that thing all the time. Like she knows every Redfin listing they in my call neighborhood. It real estate porn, right? Yeah, they're just totally. Like, they're addicted to this. Like looking up. Hold sites on a second, and, honey. There's a new listing. Like right. more important than our conversation, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Keep going. So you're, you're yeah. Looking. So she, my wife knows the inventory better than the agents in our neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not in the market. Right. Like, that's not right. 
Yeah. So if, if finding a house is not a value, right? Sure. So I can find a house using any tool I want. And there's, there's, you know, all manner of varying websites, some really good, mm-hmm. some suck. Right. Um, getting in the door, actually in Colorado now, there's an Uber-like service sponsored by the MLS where you just pull out your phone, push the button, and the nearest agent will go and lock the door for you. Oh, that's so, cool. you know, is the... Is that getting, in every... It's just in one city or is that... In yeah, it's sponsored by the Denver MLS. Okay. And... So uh, that should be coming to all cities, I'm sure. Yeah, so like right. the Uberization of like real estate showings is right. going to happen in my opinion. Okay. Um, so you, you know, won't even need... I mean, at maybe some point it'll even be like a, a home like like echo in your house or like Google, you know, yeah, yeah. open the house and like talk to you while you're Alexa, going in. Get me into that new yeah. listing on Redfin. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Uh, is, is there anything like what else, anything else that's, uh, that's out there? Technology well, then it comes down to like, uh, what's the value add? The value add is actually in the knowledge of the marketplace. Right. Right. So I like, have all this data here, but you don't, you know, this thing. Yeah. Keep, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Right. There's yeah. so much transparency on the data. Now you're underwhelmed. You actually can't process it. Like too much information. Right. Yeah. So can a pro help you distill this decision down? to like what really matters and help you make good choices. Right, right. Like there's the value add of an agent. Got it. Right. Not in the access. And a lot of the real estate agents still think like, I have to control this. Like, you know, we control the listings or somehow put them back in the, mm-hmm. you know, put mm-hmm. the horse back in the barn. Like and it'll all be better. And they're going to yell yeah. at the, you know, the escrow or the, the loan, the loan broker to say, what's wrong? Why are the docs at escrow and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. The horse is not going in the barn. Like <laughs> right. it's out. It's done. Right. We're good there. But then just, then you're like, well, is this, is this worth this, this money that I'm paying? Right. So yeah. what's the average, would you say commission nowadays? Is it, it used to be 6%. Now it's I think what, five or four and a half. I think statistically it's somewhere in the 5.2 range. Like okay. as you look across America and there's some pretty big regional variances, like lower in the really competitive areas like Los Angeles or New York city. But mm-hmm. you know, what's interesting when we look at commissions is, you know, we think it's five or six here in America. Right. Um, but if you go overseas, you know, it's one to one and a half percent in many, many markets. Pretty like low, yeah. Most of Europe is super competitive. So a lot of the tech players are looking at what's happening in like Australia and the UK and Germany as like mm-hmm. guidance for where, where does this go over maturity? Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, because six percent's a big. That's a big part of the. Yeah, and the, the buy price side commission of the house, yeah. is bit like two and a half percent for like the buyer's rep. Like, right? Really? Yeah. You know, if you're bringing <laughs> that value add and you're actually giving that guidance, then it probably is 100 percent worth it. Right. If you're right. just unlocking the door, then you're not getting two and a half percent worth of value. Definitely. Right. And yeah. As a seller, like the seller puts the house in the market and doesn't want to challenge it. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't want to be the guinea pig. They want the guy behind them to be the guinea pig. Right. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Um, so the the two and a half percent of the buy side still like out there, but it hasn't mm-hmm. been changed much. But uh, I expect that over time that'll that'll get changed. There'll be comp- uh, competition around that. So I've heard, you know, we've all we've I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, where you know there used to be travel agents. You know, do you think that this disruption will, you know, will will be kind of like that, where the where we we say, oh, remember there was travel agents, or my mom used to be a travel agent. Now it's, you know. There's just what, you know, travelocity and you don't really need a travel yeah. agent. There are some reasons why you would have a travel agent, but it's pretty rare nowadays. Um, do you think it'll ever get to that point in real estate? No. You think there always will be a need for the a- the, the cost of making a bad airline purchase yeah. is not that great, right? Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're okay. talking apples and oranges. If I had yeah. to throw the ticket entirely away and start over, like I can't hurt my family that much. The cost mm-hmm. of making a bad decision around here is is not the same as an airline ticket, even a first class ticket around the planet. All right, right? Well, let's talk about how how this will change for the better then, because that's good. Because we, we do want agents, because they are a big part of our referral sources. Um, I'm sure it'll 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 weed out some of the bad agents. Like, like, we, like you said, but what will it do for the speed? Like, what will the technology do for the speed of the transaction? So the, you know, the escrow we have today, you yeah. know, is a 30 to 45 day. Depending yeah, on like crazy. It's going the wrong way. It's going up. Like, right. right. So if you ask me to fast forward a couple of years, like mm-hmm. it's my opinion that the contingencies we know mm-hmm. will just disappear. No, that's kind so of a no bold statement. Yeah, like let's ha- why should we have them? Let's have yeah. get rid of them all. Well, especially if, if right now your your sellers want no contingencies. That's the, those are the deals that go through faster so or get accepted. Right. We're a little too close to this because right. we've been in this forever. But like, if you really think about this, like, why would I sell my house to somebody who actually doesn't know if they're going to get a loan? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Right. I want to sell my house to somebody like who already person. has a loan. Yeah. Right. Like right. that's just madness. But of course, that's the process we all live in. Well, I think that's why a lot of cash buyers win. Right. right. And and so. If you're if you're a, a new first time home buyer, you don't have all cash. You're not super rich. You're going to be at a disadvantage competitively 
uh, from anyone that has cash. So there's got to be a way to put put them back on equal playing fields, right? right. So, so I expect that this will be the biggest area of opportunity in the mortgage industry is like who creates the cash-like products, right? Mm-hmm. Because cash does win. Right. Cash is certainty. And right. as a seller, when I'm selling my house, I want certainty. Right. I don't really care what your mortgage rate. I just want certainty. I just want to know this is going to close. Right. And, so. You know, that requires better process. That requires, you know, the, everything that goes into making a loan, like the, all the whole process and the underwriting, like in the weeds that happens here at Fund Loans, right? Yeah. All that magic in there. Mm-hmm. Like that actually could, has all this opportunity to be improved and actually taken care of long before the offer is made. Right. Right. So I, I'm seeing this whole new crop of people that are making cash like mortgage products where seller of house says, hey, I've got four people to sell to, you know, 20% down contingency, 10% down contingency, 99% down almost all cash. Right. And like cash backed by a major corporation, mm-hmm. I'll take the certainty. Thank you very much. Right. The only reason we would take cash is because we, there's only like some kind of discount associated with cash. Yeah. Right. But if cash is the same offer price on your house as the things that have contingencies, why right. I wouldn't do that. Right. Interesting. Um, so there's a, is, is that what you call iBuyer? So the iBuyer space Tell is, yeah. is home sellers going to sell, right? Okay. This is, this concept has always existed, right? So there's mm-hmm. always been somebody in your neighborhood who's willing to buy a house for 70 or 80% of its value really fast with their cash. Yeah. Like those right? yellow signs on the freeway that say buy cash yep. now. Or, you see them on the off ramps, right? House, yeah. I'll buy your house cash. Yeah. That's actually a pretty big business now. That actually is all systematized, but it's not just scribbling on a sign saying I'll buy your house. Yeah. It's like, so, a, it's like a system you could subscribe to, but yeah, that's, um, that's always existed, but they were largely predatory, right? Okay. Which yeah. is there's always investors. Because they're looking for people in trouble and then, you know, I'll get your, you know, they'll get a deal on your house. Yeah. Basically. So if I can buy a house for 80% of value in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. I would do that all day long. Right. 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 I'd buy everyone I get my hands on and I'd renovate it, put it back on the market and I'd make the spread. Right. But what we're seeing now is actually systematic smart corporations with really good tools, you know, offering 94% of the value of your house. Mm-hmm. Like, Take it, move out on Monday. Right. Like, so, because you're going to pay that anyway with commissions and then take the brain damage of it not going through, falling out, you know, all the the crap that goes along with that. Right. So, someone comes along, I'll buy it 6% off. So you got Knock, you've got Open Door, you've got Redfin with Redfin Now, mm-hmm. you've got Invitation is Zillow Homes. jumping into that? Zillow is 100% in the game. They're, they're right. doubling down, as a matter of fact, in, in the space. Okay. So, so they're frenemy kind of or not? They're or making maybe? like, you know, 92, <laughs> 93, 94% of fair market value offers on houses with like, we'll close on Monday. And by the way, you know, just take your time and move out when you're ready. And we'll help wow. you with the loan on the next one. So this wow. is very real in Atlanta and in Phoenix right now. Okay. So in Phoenix, it's it's my understanding that about 20 to 22% of the inventory that would normally come to the market mm-hmm. is not coming to the market because it's being purchased by one of the iBuyers. Oh, wow. So, so like we're one seeing... in five houses is just magically disappearing because huh. an investor bought it before it ever came to the market. Wow. So transactions are diminishing. Right. Unit counts down and the agents in Phoenix are now walking into listing presentations. And instead of starting with a conversation with, hey, my name's Chris, here's what I can do for you. The seller is standing there going, I have an offer for $264,000 from an open door in my hand. Like, what are you going to do to better this? Mm. Like, it's a very different dialogue. That's very right? interesting. So, so unpack that more. Like, how does that affect, I guess it, it, it's going to affect agents. It's going to affect neighborhoods. Like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so let's take the, the math here, right? So yeah. if it costs me 5% to sell my house, then arguably I'm going to get 95% of the fair market value. Mm-hmm. If the I buyers went from 92 or 93, 4% up to 95, mm-hmm. then it would be irrational for me to actually list my house. Right. I could not have any showings, not have any open houses, not have anybody go through my drawers. And so get, does that, that doesn't really show Cause it won't show up on the MLS as a closed deal, right? No, it'll show up in the tax records. To, it will okay. never have been listed in the MLS. So as far as comps go, like your neighbor's not going to go, well, you sold your house cheap. You know, I'm, I'm pissed because it's not showing. Like, you know what I mean? Like with comps, like when you get appraisals and you have, okay, this house sold. Is it going to create a downward pressure on prices at all? Or do you think it or not? Well, it's going to be fun for appraisers to sort out because appraisers right. tend to use the MLS as a source of the they truth, do. right? Yeah. So if you're an appraiser and you're in Phoenix and yeah. you know, 20% of the market isn't in the MLS, 
Right. Like, should you be using that data? I mean, arguably, yes. Right. But those are, we would normally say, hey, those are opportunistic sellers who are desperate. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing in the real numbers is these are not desperate parties. Yes, there are people that, you know, inherited a house and they don't know who's in Phoenix. Sure. And they use an iBuyer to provide liquidity and ease and convenience. But right. there are baby boomers in that bunch. There are Gen X, Gen Y, mm -hmm. like all of the above. Like it's the entire demographic uh, spectrum of like, you know what? getting the maximum value isn't the top priority for me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, in my case, uh, my wife found a new place and she wanted to be in the new place and the desire to not lose the new place was actually more than extracting the permanent value out of the last place. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. sometimes the motivation isn't on, you know, just getting me top dollar on the old house. It's in uh, securing the new move, mm -hmm. making sure I don't lose the house in my dreams. Like that becomes more valuable. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden the iBuyer thing starts to go very, very mainstream. Like, I just don't want to have open houses. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Once people start talking about <clears throat> like, you know, over the water coolers or barbecues and they're like, yeah, dude, I didn't even have to show anyone in my house and have to do this and have to have to sign up. I just did nothing. Just, just done. They wired the funds to my account on Monday <laughs> and like they told me like, you know, take 30 days, have it, have your time. Like wow. that becomes really appealing to people. Yeah. So, so how can like a mortgage broker take advantage of that or, or get in on that or, you know, be able to get, get business out of that? Well, this goes into the bigger picture of like how easy is the process, right? right. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. The, 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 what's the future of the mortgage process? Yeah, so like I think it's irrational that you have this, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get a loan for 17 days and we have a the this contingency, yeah. Contingency, like that we've, we're just so used to it because we're in the game. Yeah, it's pretty normal to have a two week or whatever contingency. Yeah, so yeah. Like it's normal, right? Right. But as an outsider, you come in the space, you say, well, well, that's madness. You mean I'm actually putting an offer on a house and not know? Yeah. So, and these are things that can very easily be solved for with technology. Right. So get to definitive yes or no before mm -hmm. the offer is made really, really easily. Right. You know, we have to give the people a quick and a nod for this one because they created that rocket thing to make mm -hmm. your life easier. And, right. you know, people could argue about whether it's easier or not. But the truth is the consumer thinks it's way easier. They think it's easier. Right? Yeah. And it should be easier. Right. But when there are new things behind that are coming that are substantially easier. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you get the approval process way, way down because the application was really easy and we get to certainty and, right. you know, all of that stuff I think is not futuristic. We're not talking about like five years out. We're talking about, you know, 12 to 24 months out where this is pretty right. normal. Interesting. Right. So, so how, so unpack that, like how will it work? Will a buyer will go, it would be probably, would it be a seller that starts this process or a buyer or both? Yeah. So buyer typically, or well, sellers are buyers in most cases, right? Yeah. So I'm but thinking about selling my house. So right? will they get an appraisal on their house that they will offer to the buyer? Why not? Right. Right. And have a preset yeah. appraisal. Yeah. I mean, um, in a perfect world, we would pre-inspect, we would mm -hmm. do all the disclosures, we'd fill all the reports. And you know, when you buy a company, you get like an M&A package on the company and like mm -hmm. all the due diligence is in a folder. It's already like, been done. Right? Right, but yeah. Why don't we have that with houses? Like, right. that's crazy. Like, I'm going to... Is yes. someone working on this right now that oh, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're yeah. talking like it's going to be the... It's We say the future, but it's like the, almost the now. The future right? is the like, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this will start happening and we'll be like, okay, uh, I didn't see this coming unless you're watching the million dollar mortgage experience, yeah, right? totally. <laughs> so... so so let's, let's talk about how this is going to, how, so this will happen, you're saying. Yeah. So let's take a real time example, right? Do, do, so in Atlanta, if you're okay. a seller and you're thinking about selling your house, okay. you know, the internet remarketing is really good. So, you know, I poke around and look at some listings and mm -hmm. the moment I've started looking at some listings, all the marketers know I'm in the, in the game. And so all the retargeting ads start coming in. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get an offer from Zillow. I get an offer from knock you know, I get an offer from an open door, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm wondering now. Hey, is this all I get? Or what are my other options? Right. Sure. So, no so someone who's smart would take three off like three or four or five, maybe say three or four offers, one from Zillow, one from knock, one from purple bricks or whoever they are. Um, and, and they're all going to be pretty close, right? As far as the no, value, there's a lot of variance in there. Okay. There yeah. is. And it just, maybe it's the appetite or is it all technology based? Like, are they going to say our technology says your house is worth 423,000 and then Zillow will say our estimate says you're going to be worth 480,000. Like, or is it, different. They call it their buy box, which is like, okay. we'll buy product in the following, like between X and X price, X and X square but footage. How do they come up with the value? Is it all based on comps and square footage? Yeah. Because the, they're not coming to see your house yet, right? They will. Many of them will, right? They will. Okay. They'll give you like, hey, we think we're in the range of X, but we need to come verify it. Okay. Um, so they so, start out with the range. They'll say, yeah. we're going to buy your house for between 425 and 475 something like that. So let's just pretend for a second we're buying airline tickets, right? Okay. Do I go AmericanAirlines.com, AA.com, and like just look up for one flight? No. So I'm taking the family Velocity. to Europe this summer. I've got a wedding right. in, in Italy. Italy. Right. Like... 
I'm not going to go to each individual website and solicit, you know, sure. what can British Airways do for me? What can American do for me? Mm-hmm. What can United do for me? Mm-hmm. I go to kayak.com. Trivago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and they, they aggregate all the tools. Right. So, I mean, we have this today. So, Homelight has a product called Simple Sale, and okay. you can key in your address, and it'll actually kayak.com all of the options and bring them back. <laughs> but the difference. That's cool is that it actually brings it back and puts it in the hand of a real estate agent, right? Okay. So the goal is not to cut the agent out. The goal is to actually put the agent in the living room. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have like, here's all of your options, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. And here's, here's the some, agent to give you the guidance, already, right? But they're corporations. Right. And then do you want to take a corporation's bid or do you want to take a buyer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can, you can get 92% today, mm-hmm. like in 10 days, but it's 92% or you can sell to like a group of flippers or investors in the neighborhood and maybe it takes 15 days, but they get a little bit more mm-hmm. or I can take it to full market for you and I can get you hundred percent of value mm-hmm. and it'll take us 46 days and here's my marketing plan. Like which right. would you like? Interesting. And we make the assumption that everybody wants to have the full service or that mm-hmm. cost conscious people want to have the discount. But the truth is there's a lot of overlap from all demographics. There are boomers that don't want to deal with selling the house Yeah, and we'll take the 92% quick value. I would think that a lot of people would want the most. Don't you think like, like uh, from, from my experience in selling homes, I always want to get the best price, the biggest price. Like I want to get the most right. And, and I'm not as, I'm not necessarily in a super hurry to sell. I'm more, I think the buyer wants to be in that house, right? They want to, especially someone who's renting or they're, you know, they're, they're looking and they need to find something within 30, 60 days. Um, but, but someone who's selling, you know, and they, 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 my experience is I've always wanted the highest price. So I've never been in a situation where I wanted to take a discount on a price. Tell me more on, on why you think that's something that that's going to be attractive. So this is one of those things where they have to like throw out our instincts and use the data. Right. 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 So in your example, your, your sample size is one, right? One, it's yeah, like, it's really, what's John like? I don't want to sell like cheap. <laughs> yeah. how, you know, I don't probably sample size of two, like your wife, like yeah. in your ear going, and I know John, but, but right. But, yeah. 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 Or you should, you know, yeah. But, you know, I've only sold maybe four or five of my own homes and then, uh, you know, some other flips. But when you're selling a flip, you definitely want you want a high price because you want that's your profit margin. Right. But then you want a certain you want to make sure it happens. And, and, And it usually comes in when there's any kind of need on your end. Like if you have a need, like if I need to sell my house because I have another house I'm trying to buy, have to close in a certain amount of time. That's where that probably would factor in. Right. Right. Or, um, people downsizing or, mm-hmm. uh, health issues mm-hmm. and you want to be closer to your kids right. or someone's passed away and, and the kids are in a remote place and don't want to deal with it. Like right. it ends up being like somewhere between 20 and 35% of, of the transactions are for these other reasons. That's a lot mm-hmm. of transactions. Yeah, it is. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Convenience is actually a much, much higher uh, uh, factor than we think it is. Yeah. Like the, I don't want to repeat this process. Like, you know, we almost got divorced last time we're through this because there was (laughs) so much internal chaos. Like it's a messy process. Like once you've gone through it. Especially if you think you have a buyer and then, you know, 12, 17 days later, they back out. That's. Yes. You lose the house of your dreams. Like that's terrible. Yeah. Right. It's awful. So. So, uh, so keep going because this so is the ma- interesting. The maximization of the old value isn't what it turns out is the primary driver of this. Okay. Like for some people it is, right? But for a huge chunk of our society, and in this scenario, you get those three options. You get you know certain sale, uh, you get um, maybe home flippers buying it a little higher, or a full marketing plan at forty five days. Yeah. Um, okay, so then let's say someone decides to use the technologies brand like the, that play. So walk us through that. So we just pre-built in commissions. So the agent actually could earn commissions on, and on the small number of people who might accept like an open door or a mm-hmm. Zillow or Redfin now, or there's, there's some, there's some commissions yeah. built in. And by the that. way, those are the big ones we hear about, but like, right. you know, our database has got over 12,000 like private investors who said, you know what, in my, in this particular zip code, I'm willing to outbid Zillow every day of the week. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I know they'll pay 92, 93, 94%. I'll go to 95. So can you take a Zillow offer and use that as like a, as like a bargaining chip kind of thing? I think this whole space around like 
just show me all of my options mm-hmm. and then counsel me on what is good and bad about them is mm-hmm. really where the value is going to lie, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to cut the agent out of the of the equation. I actually think they absolutely 100% need to be there, right? right? Because you need someone to strangle if they're not doing the, the job, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you got to, I'm going to call the agent tomorrow to find out what's going on. Yeah. yeah. You got to have someone to blame, you know, yeah. on, on it. Um, yeah. So we're going to see like this, like full transparency in all of your choices, like yep. putting you in the hands of a really good pro. Mm-hmm. And that really good pro will give you guidance. Right. And so then, then that's where the mortgage thing plays in because now you're like not waiting to hear from the real estate agent like, you know, hey, we've sold the new house and we found the new one and it's, you know, now it's way back. Let's apply for a loan now. Like you can take that all the way upstream of like, we know the house is actually going to be listed. Mm-hmm. And while we're actually staging it, we should be starting the process of all the underwriting way, way up there. Like, right. we know we're moving. Why aren't we starting then? So, and you were mentioning this earlier that a buyer should be completely approved and all that they're needing now is an appraisal which then the seller should have right right and pre already used like an amc third party if it's a loan over you know one and a half million you might need two appraisals so maybe they've gotten got two appraisals that way this this process can go quick like what in your mind what do you think in say a year from now two years from now the how fast these mortgages will go so it's really a question of like the the ability to resell the mortgages to somebody else as to like what they'll accept. But like, right. I see no reason why that, you know, a 30 and 45 day escrow isn't pushed down to like five and 10 days. Right. Like 10 seems like a pretty easily doable under 10 is going to get hard, but I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like if we do all of the underwriting on the buyer, like you're either credit worthy or not. Right. Right. Yeah. And the house, but there's always are- nuances. Like, you know, there's, there's, that's kind of why we exist. Cause we do make sense lending, right. Yeah. We can do exceptions. And so, so <clears throat> all that takes human involvement and touches. We call it touches because it's like a lot of touches. These loans are are not perfect. I mean, the borrowers are human. They're, there's always something that's a little bit different, a reason why they didn't fit perfectly into a box. I know that you... So it, what you're saying is the speed time will, will shorten. In my mind, that means you really just have done a lot of that due diligence pre, you know, pre or pre-offer. Yeah. And that's when you should be doing that stuff, right? Yeah, Instead of saying, oh. Yeah. But see, sometimes I think the, the caution is, as a mortgage person, we don't get paid until it closes. Uh-huh. And do we want to do all this work if there's not a contract in place to, to make sure that I'm not wasting my time with a buyer. So, you know, like for instance, one of, one of our loan officers, um, in the past had had like, I don't know, 30, 40 prequels out. Right. And none of them turned into anything. Um, that's a lot of spinning wheels. Right. So, so where is there going to be a place where, you know, you have a good buyer and you know, they're going to eventually buy a house. And so you're going to be willing to put the time and effort into pre-approving them. Or is that just going to be a big company like, like a Zillow or Amazon that comes in and says, we already know all your stuff or a bank and, you know, does all that. I think we're already there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the information I mean, on you and I and is already in all these databases. Like I bank with Wells, one of my banks, and I I get, you know, I'll get a message that says you're approved to buy a car for this much money yep. already. You know, it shouldn't be that much different, right? Like you, we should be able to pre-qualify someone, but then you got to work through all the little intricacies and details. But I could see that happening. Yeah, I could see yeah. it, you know. So not happening. Loaded. So loan officers, go find your buyers. I mean, a lot of you guys probably already do this, but I would say go and, and do a lot of that upfront work, especially if you can tell them like, look, this is going to make it a closing happen way faster. You're going to be more competitive because when you're going up against cash buyers, you, you lose, right? I mean, you'll lose unless you have someone that can close quick. Right. Like I think that's a huge advantage. I think for a mortgage brokers to say, you know what, I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to get you hundred percent approved. And then it'd be like a TBD. We call them TBDs, right? Yep. And I know that happens and we do that, but what other technology can, can help them do TBDs? Is there, is there anything else? I mean, that, that's happening right now that we have. Yeah, this is all in process as right. we speak. Like there are very smart people actually trying to solve this problem right now. Yeah. Right. And then very, very near future, like why would you take an old school loan with a 17 day contingency when you can get right. essentially the same exact rate or even better perhaps. Right. And have the full TBD and actually buy like cash. Wow. Right. Yeah. If buy like cash is available. So that's a disruption, right? Absolutely. There. Right. And who do you see mortgage, mortgage companies like that are doing this right now? Quicken. Who else? Like, is there any other? Yeah, I think we could just rattle a name of like right. anybody that's forward facing has lots of developers and smart people Technology, internally yeah. is thinking like this is the new battleground. Like, mm-hmm. Homelight is one hundred percent going to play in this arena. 
Right. Like I'm really fascinated by this personally because mm-hmm. I would like all the contingencies to go away. Yeah. Like, like all of them. It's like, do you want to buy this house or not? Yes or no? Yeah. You want in? Great. Are you pre-approved? Great. Here you go. Here's the keys. I think right? some of the things that I've seen, you know, as an originator is, is especially in the, in the upper end, right? Like loans that are, you know, someone's buying a two and a half million dollar house in LA, right? What I've seen is that the house after the inspection comes back there's something wrong and so then it falls out yep there's there's cracks in the foundation there's a bunch of work to be done the seller doesn't want to do the work they're you know so they don't agree and they fall out that's really where i see kind of some of the 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 fallout we're always going to have to inspect it physically right, right because right. you're giving me the the hey this thing is really good but then i'll go actually and take your word for it and actually hire a professional inspector right like i mean frankly you should do the professional inspection before you list the house right yeah and you should provide the professional Which inspection I think they do but then i think do they rarely rarely, rarely. Yeah. yeah so that needs to happen like right all the disclosures a professional inspection appraise it up front put mm-hmm. it all into you know some type of a google drive folder where it's shared and like we only give you the password if you're, you show you know serious interest or so is that that's be like a new open house like to get into the diligence room you gotta you know give us your email address but right right so that's happening with some of these tech companies like yeah like is, does compass do that uh, to my knowledge they haven't played in this, this, in this area space. right okay yeah. but home light requires that to be done no, we, uh, so we're not uh, actually selling the house. Okay. We're referring the listing. To- but do you ask the agent to do, I mean, is that no, not today. coaching? Okay, yeah. But it's coming. Yeah. Can we give them the t- uh, t- uh, systems and tools to make mm-hmm. this like, basically, how do you remove the friction? Yeah. That's like, that's what I keep hearing. All the friction <laughs> is like, just make the friction go away. And, and this right. is the promise of technology. We can remove the friction. It's coming. Like, it's it's coming. coming. It's yeah. very, very soon. Yeah. Like really soon. That's good. Not any, you know, most of the people watching the podcast is coming a lot faster than you think it is, right? Yeah. Be yeah. ready. You yeah. Be gotta, ready. We got to be ready for yeah. it. And that makes me think it's like, as far as, you know, CEO of fund loans as a wholesale lender, I mean, we've got to be able to do TBDs. We've got to be able to do, you know, be better at um, getting these approvals, you know, clean and cleared before someone goes in. Right. Because that, that's the thing is it, it still takes a good amount of time. I and mean, we're closing deals in 15 days and, <clears throat> And stuff like that, but I mean, there. I wish all your peers were doing that, John. Like, I know. Like, <laughs> please, uh, would you be like, no? And, and some of our loans take longer, but I mean, because there's there's issues, and, and you know, the borrower won't, borrower won't provide things, and then you have to go yeah. back. And but um, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff should be done up front. It should be ready to go. There should be, you know, this 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 is where we all want to be. Because the faster we close, the sooner we get our commissions, right? So it's like. Um, Let's talk about um, culture because I know you've ran teams and I know you've ran, you know, been, you know, in the forefront of, of companies and, and, and seen what, you know, what destroys a company or what makes a company great. Um, you know, a lot of our viewers are brokers. They're mortgage brokers. They may, may only have like, you know, smaller teams, six people, four people, eight people, 10 people. But some of them are bigger, you know, bigger companies. What, like, what would you suggest to, or what have you seen that's made a company great for, as far as culture goes? Because a lot of the tech people get it. You know, a lot of the tech companies get the culture thing where, right. you know, bankers and mortgage companies and real estate companies have been around a long time. We don't, we don't, there's, there's just a, you know, it's just not because a lot of the startups had to do something different, right. To, to make the culture great because of the competition of all the different companies out there. Um, what have you, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about this cause I know you've seen good and the bad, right? Yeah, I've seen a couple different cultures. Um, and, uh, I think the, the key denominator between them that's common is the, uh, transparency, right? Okay. So if you think about like getting in a car with someone, like I don't particularly care to sit in the back seat where I'm not in control of the car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather actually have my hands on the wheel and in control of the car. And I think you can make that analogy around like a workplace, okay. which was, are the leaders really transparent and actually letting all of the, here's what we're really facing, mm-hmm. right? So what normally happens is like leaders just tell you what they want to tell you and they only tell you the good stories and not the bad stories. And right. like the real confidential discussions are not shared with the employees. They can't handle the truth, right? Right. Like, and there's a movie for that, right? You, know, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. handle the truth, right? <laughs> right? The reality is that when you're actually overly transparent and you share more than you probably should, mm-hmm. the employees actually trust you. 
Got it. Yeah. Like, here's where we really are. Mm -hmm. Some of it's good. Some of it's scary. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know if some of this is going to work out, but here's why we're doing it. And by the way, you actually can be participative in the process. Right. Like that overly transparency where you actually think you're sharing way too much inside of the good cultures that Mm -hmm. I've seen, like things shared by the the CEO all the way down that should not be shared in a public setting inside a company and basically saying, I'm going to tell you more than you should know. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust that you're actually going to be. Uh, not share this outside of the company. Right. I've now empowered you with the same stuff that I have. Mm-hmm. We're Maybe all you can in this together, right? Yeah. yeah. And so in that, the employees feel like, okay, I'm not sitting in the back seat blindfolded with no idea where the car's going. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually have some say in this. Right. And, and it helps you to understand why the car took a huge detour because you now know yeah, yeah. the reasons besides just going like, what the hell just happened? Why the hell were you off driving in this field over here? I thought we were going over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we changed directions. And then you don't trust, right? Right. The lack of trust like yeah. you were talking so about. So it builds trust and it builds mm-hmm. respect. And, mm-hmm. and uh, therefore, you get like really dedicated employees who are willing to, you know, chip in, put the extra effort, actually look after the customers and like buy into the vision. Right. Like, be part of it instead of just... What if you have an employee that's like really talented and great, but they're just toxic and, you know, just... Just every day, it's like cringe, right? <laughs> this is a hard one, right? Because this yeah. normally, like that story, normally starts with is my best salesperson who puts up the biggest numbers, right? Right. And if I make that difficult decision, yeah, then like I lose all of this revenue because my you know superstar you know, right. brings on the bacon is not going to be part of the company anymore. Right. Um, it's my personal opinion that the faster you cut that person out, the better off you'll be. Wow. Because while you might take that short-term hit to that you know whatever that person's contributing, mm-hmm. what you don't realize is all of the other negativity. And other people in the corporation that are being held back, yep, or that are gossiping in the hallways, or like all going, the time that's wasted. Just the cycles are not worth it. Yeah. And so, if you're hesitating, the answer is, you know, uh, are you being true to your culture? Mm-hmm. Like, in, in by keeping that person, are you actually being ethical and fulfilling your company's mission to like your end customers? Right. Probably not. I used to think like, don't burn the lifeboats, right? Like, you don't you want to get this? You don't want to cut this person unless you already have something like ready to go, right? And then because if you don't, there'd be all this disruption. And it's gonna be chaos. But what I found too is that yeah, if you cut that person, or you just you get rid of that. Even if there's not a lifeboat, like you will, it's just better. Yeah. Right? Just, yeah. Cause you're going to burn if you know, yeah. crash if you don't. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's good. What are, what are tech companies doing, uh, right now to, to build culture? I mean, I know it's not just like, like I think Gary V says, like, it's not just a snack shot, you know, having good snacks in your office. Yeah. Like it's, there's other things like talking. Mars doesn't fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Do you, what have you seen? And I know you're in Silicon Valley, right? Like a yep. lot, like yep. a lot of your time spent up there. What are you seeing in companies today that is helping build the, the culture that we're talking about? Actually, um, very uh, much transparency around goals, right? Talking about like goals, yeah. Setting individual goals for individual employees from the top all the way down, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even though you know I, I run a division for the company right now, like I have weekly accountable goals and I actually have to enter in my goals once a week. And yeah. like it, I, sometimes I think, oh, this is a pain in the butt and I don't want to be doing this. So they're asking you to create goals. Sure. Okay. Well, like and so CEO has goals, employees. I have goals. Yeah. All my direct reports have goals. and That's But really we have good. like a regular checkup of like, how are we doing against those goals? Mm-hmm. So from the lowest employee to the top of the food chain, like everybody's got goals all the way through the whole thing. I like and it. we're on them and we're, we're re- revisiting them. And frankly, we're re-readjusting them quite frequently. Nice. Right. That's really good. I'm going to so, do that. That's, that's but really the cool. greatest part about this is like, it starts off amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you get all this alignment and then like we get busy. Mm-hmm. And then a month and a half in, you're like, oh, I got a meeting and I can't do my goals. And like, right. I, you know, yeah. And so when I have big goals, I got, you know, the big, the B hag and I, and, and yeah. goals, daily goals, things I write right up on my, on my board and things like that. But I, I do like that empowering others and, and, you know, and, and getting them to give you their goals let make them accountable too. I mean, and tell them your goals and then have them tell, tell you their goals. Cause that, I think they say without a, I think it's the Bible that says without a, purpose the people perish right like you know if they don't yeah. feel like they've got something they're working yeah. towards they're not going to be thriving so if someone has something and you pull that out of them and tell them you know tell me your goals like i want to know and i'm in- i'm interested and i care about you and your what you're doing with you know your day to day um and and just to, to our listeners send us tell us what your goals are i'd love to hear it and and um because it you know that's that's really cool that's that's a way to to grow and and to uh, improve the culture 
So I, I learned this in a really funny way, actually, because um, I never served in, in one of our armed forces in the military myself mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. But I've worked with a lot of people who did. Right. And I worked with a gentleman who is uh, and is a Marine because you're never mm-hmm. not, not a Marine. You're still a Marine. Right. right. Um, and he was responsible for the uh, recruiting of new Marine candidates to come to the Marine Corps. Okay. And they had the, you know, you need to know what your mission was. Right. Only they would shake him at three in the morning and like, you know, wake him up in the middle of the night and go like, <laughs> what's your what's mission? mission? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would walk into a real estate branch and go, you know, I couldn't shake him and I couldn't ask him what their mission was, but like, do they really have clear focus and goals on what they need to accomplish? Yeah. Not like the BHAG, but like Monday. Right. right? What, is your, this Friday, what are you doing today? Well, what what is are you your... doing this week that's actually like, and is it aligned with the corporation? Right, right. That's why you see like this massive rapid progress in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley is because you have an entire organization aligned with short-term goals and all the short-term goals are all linked up with the big goals. That's good. And you get a lot of lift. That's awesome. So, so being um, head of like, I know you worked at Sotheby's, you were head of the marketing, right? Or you were part of the marketing department? Or I was the chief operating officer for Pacific Sotheby's, Pacific which is Sotheby's. Uh, now the largest Sotheby's in the, in the chain. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and that was all luxury homes and, and uh, you know, our viewers and listeners are, are very interested in jumbo, right? Jumbo market yep. mortgages, yep. self-employed, non-QM, uh, all that kind of thing. So what was, do you have any, any kind of uh, wisdom or tips, techniques, tricks that you've seen, you know, mortgage people, you know, get referrals from, from agents like at Pacific Sotheby's? Like, was there any, anything that you saw that stood out? You know, I know that the typical loan officer is going to go after, you know, getting an agent like that. Like, oh, the dream is to have, you know, a Clinton Selfridge, you know, on your, that's going to refer you business that's, that's doing seven, eight, 10, $12 million homes. So like what, have you ever seen any interesting ways of loan officers securing, I know that's a weird word to use, but you know, to get an agent to work with them. Is there, is it, I mean, I know a lot of it's relationship, but was there ever ever anything that stood out to you that uh, you saw was like, wow, that, that mortgage person stood out and did something different. Yeah. A couple of things. Um, One is a really obvious one, but we, we, I'm sure we've talked about it, which is like, when I ask what the rates are, just tell me what the rates are. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Like it's not a mystery or a secret or like just what, what are they factually? Yeah. And so when you have like high net worth individuals who run companies, like they call the accounting department and say, what's the numbers? They get the numbers back right away factually. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I ask for like, you know, what's this? I get the number back right away. I Mm -hmm. ask a mortgage professional, what's the rates? I get, well, you know, like it's going to (laughs) be like, credit yeah, score. Yeah, right. I've done the same thing. Yeah. Right. right. So that's hard, but it's like, well, in this case it's here and in this case it's here and you're probably somewhere in the middle and right. I can help you narrow it down. Right. Yeah. Like it's factual. Yeah. The moment you're not factual about that, like I go, okay, wait a minute. There's some kind of cocky Mimi like shell game going on here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it creates distrust. Right. I mean, right. So if you say, uh, you know, it's today, the lowest rate you could get is a, you know, 4.25. Whatever. Yeah. That's factual. It's right? factual. And then, you know, we have options that go all the way up to six and a half or whatever it is. Yep. And, you know, hopefully we'll get you on the foreign quarter. And, you know, I think you will. I'm confident that you will after seeing your credit and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's a, a very different discussion. It's like, right. okay, this person has real command of their of their space. They really know what they're doing. Yeah. And they actually have real knowledge. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to look some calculator on the internet and pull me some rate change, right? Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. actually have real customers with real knowledge and, you know, there's yeah. real value there. That's interesting. So what about referrals? Like getting, and that's once you've talked to like a, yeah. a, a buyer or whatever. What about like getting a, a real estate agent to- Breaking in. Yeah, breaking right? in. Yeah. The icebreaker. Or yeah. just, I'm sure, you know, in your office, you'd probably had, I don't know, maybe you did Everybody, right? right? Yeah. Coming in, walking yeah. in, here's my card. I, yeah, I, here's that's a card. Not a, I mean, yeah. you've got to be doing something, but maybe just giving your card isn't the best because people just toss it in the trash. But like, what would be an interesting way to- to get that icebreaker to get the one that caught my attention was um hey chris i know that you know everybody calls upon you and uh you probably have everybody in the mortgage business coming here and pitching for you which the answer is yes they they were right right um i'm willing to take your absolute worst clients that you possibly could ever get Mm -hmm. and make sure that i make magic happen for them and i'm willing to do this repeatedly for you to prove for you that i'm actually really good at my job so i would like an at bat at your absolute worst scenario the people you do not believe and actually can get a loan i will take care of them i will make sure they have an amazing experience and i'll get you deals you can't get that's good and then i'm like okay that's kind of a cool pitch but yeah 
thanks, I'm, I'm still good, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, hungry I, right now. I got three other people that'll right? do the same thing, yeah. But then the, here's the next thing is consistency. So yep. step one is the approach, which was give me an at-bat. Step yep. two is like, okay, was this a fly-by-night thing? Because the last 10 people that came through here never came dropped back. off some silly little chotsky that I didn't care about and bad yeah. pens or squeezy balls or whatever. And like, <laughs> or like a fidget spinner. You or just like, said you know. squeezy balls. <laughs> Anyway, we okay. might delete that out. <laughs> just that's what well, the magic of uh, the internet, right? We that, just, that's yeah. good. So, so consistency, right? Like coming back. I, I love that because you're right. People drop off a freaking flyer and you never see them Here's again. Here's the rate sheet of a bunch of bullet points. By the way, that thing they dropped off, like way too many bullet points. I can't read it. Like, right. I have ADD. I, like, uh, like, I don't want to read any of this, right? That's actually a good point because I I, I think it's, it's really crazy how many emails I get and you probably get yep. everyone here watching gets every single day. Do we think for a second, if we won't read those emails that someone else is going to read our long freaking email? Right. Why? Like, why don't we flip it around and just say hi or just say like, you know, do you need a mortgage? Like just something small yep. instead of some crazy long thing that someone's going to instantly delete, you know, like try a different approach, right? Like I've always liked to try out different things and, and, and be, you know, back, this is a weird story, but back when I was first in the mortgage business, I would telemarket. And at one point I just got so sick of it. I started doing different accents, you know, from like the England and, <laughs> you know, different places, you know, um, nothing that was like too like telemarkety, right? I but, think there's a podcast episode here. Like you can, <laughs> <laughs> you could like, yeah. If you could get good at it, yeah. you know, but I mean, just trying different things, right? Like not just doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. And so what you're saying is go in, drop off that flyer, tell them that you're going to be that person that, you know, I'm consistent. I have systems. I'm a yeah. professional. But then do I it. follow Come through back, and then right? do it again Come back. and do it again Come and back. do it again. Right. Yeah. And, and, and be and, respectful. Like. I understand you have a good relationship, but if there's ever an opportunity where you have a scenario that pops up where you can't, that person can't solve it. Like, I hope you think of me first. Right. Right. And I think that that's a fair at bat. Yeah. Right. Doing that, you're going to get, you'll get business no matter what. I don't want to displace your deep relationship. Right. But I would like to know, you know, another opportunity. Because at first, I think by saying that those words that you just said, I'm not going to displace this relationship. You're de-arming them because the first thing they're going to do is put a shield up saying, mm-hmm. I already got my guy or girl. I'm not yep. going to enter. We've been together for 20 years. Yeah. Like our kids are best friends. Like, yeah. But if you come in by saying that you don't want to replace that person, you know, you're disarming them because the, and taking that shield down from them, you know, instantly trying to put it up, putting up the shield. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant. And, and you're the solution provider. Right. Right. Because who doesn't want to work with a person who's the magical person who can solve problems? Yeah. Right. Because everyone needs that person right? once in a while. Yeah. You need that person. And then right. that person becomes your go to because. Yeah. And if they keep coming right? up, keep showing up, you're going to tr- start trusting that they would actually be consistent with what they're saying they're going to do. So this is like right up fun loans like entire mission statement, which right. is like when you have this weird scenario and you're not sure it's going to work, like mm-hmm. pick up the phone, call your rapid fund loans and they'll magically make heaven and earth, you know, open for you. Right. And like, you know, here you go. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Right. right. Yeah. That, I mean, you guys have built your business on that, which is an amazing part of what you do. Yeah. That's great. But that's a great story for the, the LO trying to break in, which is, you know, take on the problems. Right. The problem is everybody wants the, you know, million the five, fruit, yeah, yeah. like high down payment and massive the equity. Guy that you like. <laughs> the guy that's going to get that email from Wells Fargo that says you're already approved. Right? Yeah, yeah. You want that person. Everybody that, wants that one. But that person's already getting their loan at Wells Fargo and they don't need you. So be the person that can go and get the tougher right. loan and get yeah. good at doing those tougher loans, I think is the message, and right? you're adding real value, right? Yeah. You're solving real problems with real people right? and saving the day. And you There's save always the day. going to be a need for that person. When when technology comes in and you know disrupts all the regular loan officers out there, mm-hmm. there's still going to be a need for the one that can always. get magic, right. take, get, make right. the magic happen. Like get under the covers, pay attention, yep. look at the details, you know, be better than your peers. Like, yep. But you don't get an opportunity to do that if you don't take on the challenging ones. That's good. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, this is gonna be a, this is a fascinating time in real estate, right? It is. So I think it's exciting, right? I mean, what do you think the future of real estate is gonna be? Do you think so? I like to ask predictions. So my thoughts are, you know, we're in a, it's really reminiscent of 2001 because of a lot of the uh, new products coming out in mortgages, hedge funds jumping back in, money coming back into mortgage expansion of products. That happened in 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, 
real estate, you know, mortgages are still hard to get. So there was never any crazy lending, right? So uh, when I say never, in the last six years, there wasn't crazy lending happening. It's still not happening. Um, appraisals are third party. They're really, you know, very, very uh, quality controlled appraisals are. I mean, a lot of appraisals come in way low and, and you know, you got to get two and you got to get a, a CDA, which like a review, appraisal review. And yep. So there's not a lot of, you know, area for the mortgage business to, to cause a crash or cause a, you know, a, a crisis. But there are a lot of homes for sale that are above, say, Five million or ten million. There's in, in LA and different places, but where do you see real estate trends, you know, going as far as prices? Do you, do you have an opinion on it? Oh, you mean like forecast the yeah? The, do you like have an economic? Do you have an um, economic opinion? I don't have an economics degree. <laughs> I, I do have a. But your fingers on the pulse. Of do you this. have a finger on the pulse? And I also have this really interesting thing that I've been through a couple of cycles, right? Yes. And yeah. like when you look at like the people that are practicing real estate, how many of them have been through the cycle, right? right, right. So 07, 08 was pretty messy as you recall, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But like, remember there was one before that? It was oh, a breeze. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. But what I do remember was uh, when I got it in the space originally, it was in the in a bad cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the cycle. I just didn't know any better. I just outworked people to hustle, right? right? But right. Um, all of the veterans, all told me the moment somebody tells you there's never going to be a cycle again is when there's going to be a cycle, right? Yeah, so that's true. The data is actually really good in front of us right now. The fundamentals are amazing, mm-hmm. but we're nine years into a bull market and this isn't going to last forever. Right. So are, is your are your business resilient enough that a, a decline in prices or end or units wouldn't hurt you? Right. Uh, and if you're running on a really thin margin and the, that would hurt you, like you're in a bad spot. Right. So you should be adjusting your business today, like adjusting your costs and your expenses so that Mm -hmm. you can survive a downturn Mm -hmm. because we know we're going to have it. Um, I just don't know when. Don't know when. Yeah. What what do you think? Uh, Do you think election year is going to be a good year for real estate? No. Well, housing market amazing. Loans are like, okay, so we're, you know, in this podcast. There's more expansion coming. We complain about like that the rates are high. The rates are not high. They're not high. Yeah. And there's expansion. Like we just got a HELOC. We just got a, a, a for self-employed. Okay. So 12 months bank statements. Yep. All the way up to 90 LTV, up to 500 grand. So Way cool. Yeah. So so that's an expansion. That never existed, that product, uh, at least in the last 10 years. Um, we're also getting other expansions and products and, and uh, for self-employed borrowers and people with multiple jobs, people with you know new jobs. Um, so there's, there's expansion that's still coming for the mortgage products. Um, but... There also are, I mean, what, what would you say as far as the supply and demand? Like, do you, do you see, do you get to tap into that and, <clears throat> and see kind of what the supply and demand is in the markets? The regional differences in, in right. some areas are way past the peak and are cooling. Mm-hmm. I think the one takeaway, though, it would be... Because there were, hasn't been overbuilding, right? I mean, there hasn't been... No underbuilding. Been, yeah. yeah. Not so, enough housing. So with supply and demand, you know, off, it's not, it's, it's still a seller's market, would you say? In most areas, yes. Right, right. Yeah, most in areas. most areas. So what do you think it would take for there to be a, I mean, there's softening. We all know that. Like we've seen softening and in, in, in not every market, but in some markets. Um, well, yeah, we were also massively overpriced in many markets. Like yeah. the run-up was not sustainable. Right, right. right. San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, these right. are, you know, like. Yeah, but still, I mean, you can't get a house in San Francisco, right? You can't. Correct, right. So, and then with the fires in, in Northern California and Malibu and um, Santa Barbara and like Santa Rosa, like all these these places had fires and thousands of homes burned down. There was a, a, an article that came through my phone the other day that actually scared the <laughs> heck out of me, which was like, you know, city of Los Angeles proposes turning all residential R1 into like one to four units. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God, like, can you imagine? But like, <laughs> no, this is a solution for a housing crisis. We'll just change yeah. the zoning. Like oh my total free for all yeah. for like all of Los Angeles I County. Heard, yeah, right? I heard that was happening, um, was proposed on a bill in California, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, even San Diego and different places. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, can you imagine? <laughs> but with all that in my head, it just tells me like, yeah, we'll have softening. We're going to have some some areas where there's going to be houses that sit a little bit, little bit longer. But really does I think it's irrelevant right like I think it's irrelevant John because units are going up and down but in in a sense people are still scared we sold a lot of houses we did in 07 and 08 yeah right there were still a lot of transactions and a lot of agents did really well 
Yeah. It just was a handful of people doing really good, not the mainstream. Right. 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 We sort of flushed out all the onesie twosies yeah. and went to the teams and the systems. Right. And we've never really looked back from there. Right. So even with a decline, even with a housing market deflation, yeah. there will still be an opportunity for all the people watching here to do a lot of loans, yep. to make a lot of customers happy. People still have housing needs. That's not going away. Right. I so it's it. a great There's place. a lot of pie for everybody. Yep. Yep. Just get more products. Get our products, the the fun loans products, and tell you got to tell people, right? You got to tell people what yeah. you're doing and what you've got. Like that's I think what 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 I think has made me successful is just is not being afraid to share what products you've got and telling people like put it out there on the social media, put it out there on the you know and tell your friends, your family, tell your mom. Your mom will tell everybody about it. You know, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> my son can do this, or my daughter can do that. You know, it's yeah. like. And and if you're not doing that, then no one's going to know about it. And no one's going to know. You got to get their attention. Right? You got to get got to get the word out. So anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, I would say everybody, especially the people in, in the mortgage industry. Yeah. Like if we've been doing this way for a long time, because it's the way we do it. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to go. Yeah. Right. And they're going to be surprised. They're going to be like, wow, where did what? this come from? Right. What do you nowhere. mean? I can like get a full TBD underwriting approval in like four hours. Like, from, that's not a real offer. That's not real, but that yeah. actually is, that's coming. Right. Yep. So be ready for that. Be ready for that and be able to use it and participate in it. That's cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Can someone contact you, Chris, like, and, and find out more? Sure. But, Chris at homelight.com. Actually, Chris.crocker at homelight.com. And we'll put a link to it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks Happy for coming help. on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me, John. Awesome. It's always a pleasure. Cool. See you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together.